Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred words of the Bible. Each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. All right, it's that time, y'all. Let's do this. Uh, Philippians chapter 2. It is Monday, June what, 21st, 2021, and we are journeying through the New Testament, and specifically right now, we're in the book of Philippians chapter 2. So uh, thanks for being a part of this uh, morning prayer daily podcast. Um, uh, as we uh, mentioned, uh, hopefully you heard the uh, the first chapter Friday on the po- podcast um, of Philippians. But uh, as was mentioned, chapter two is like the uh, you know it's the it's the diamond it's the diamond in the book of Philippians. So um, so you picked a good morning to jump on. This is like awesome. One of my favorite passages of all time. I Man, I got a lot of them. A lot of favorite passages of all time. But this is one of them. Philippians chapter two. So good morning, Robin. Good morning, Casey. Good morning, everybody. Hope you guys are having a good morning. So let's do this. Philippians chapter two. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. So because that's what the word of God does to us. It changes us. And then we go and make a difference in our world. Spreading the love and grace and peace of Christ, the gospel. All right, let's do it. Philippians chapter two. Yay. Therefore, and stop right there. Whenever there's therefore, you got to know what it's there for, right? It's based on everything he said before. Living a manner worthy of the gospel, keeping peace. Um, you know, all those things that are important in the body of Christ. So if, so he says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, have you ever received any encouragement from Jesus? If you've ever received even an ounce of encouragement from being united with Christ, if you've ever any comfort from his love, has he ever comforted you? Have you ever sensed any, in, if any common sharing in the spirit, Holy Spirit, have you felt a, a, a uh, unity with the Holy Spirit? Has Holy Spirit ever touched your life? If any tenderness and compassion, have you ever experienced the tenderness and compassion of Jesus? Has anybody? Anybody? (laughs) These are all rhetorical questions, right? These are all rhetorical questions. Of course, we've experienced comfort. Of course, we've we've shared in his love and shared in the Holy Spirit. Of course, we've experienced the tenderness and compassion of Jesus. So Paul says, since all of the, if, if you've received any of these things, even in just a, a minute amount, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind, unity, right? So we've been saying all along and what Paul has been making the point in multiple books now, Ephesians and, and Philippians, unity, man, unity in the body of Christ is what will communicate the truthfulness and the validity of the good news. And it's here the apostle is reminding us, man, just think of all that God has done. If any of those things have, me- have meant anything to you, if all of those un- un- unsearchable, unimaginable 
qualities and blessings, if they have meant anything to you, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Verse three, do nothing. Oh boy. That's a, that's, that's a lot. That's like, that's all inclusive. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but to each of you to but each of you to the interest of others. Hmm. Man. Nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. You know, that's a good thing for us to always sort of sift our you know, we, we all have things we want to do. We all have ambitions. Some people have more ambition than others. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with ambition. There's nothing wrong with wanting to, you know, do better and improve and achieve. And there's nothing that in, in inherently wrong with that. But this is a great litmus test to um, to run those desires through. Lord, so it's a prayer, right? Lord, I don't want to do anything out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Like, I don't want to draw attention to myself. I don't want it to be about me. I don't want this to be about my vanity or my conceit. I want this to be about you. Because, you know, it's, and I think those with leadership gifts and certain personalities, I mean, we like to achieve things. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's how things move forward. That's how progress is made. In fact, that's how the advancement of the gospel goes on by people who want achievement. They want to do things. So there's nothing wrong with achievement per se or even ambition. We just have to be aware that we aren't <laughs> that we aren't stampeding people on the way, right? <laughs> so uh, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit in humility. And then he's going to give us an example, right? He's going to show us Jesus is what Jesus is our example. More people, more like Jesus right here. Verse five. Welcome, everybody. If you've just jumped on. We're glad you're here. In your relationships with one another. Again, he's talking about in the church specifically. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Well, what was his mindset? Well, he's going to tell us. And this, and this right here, this, this, uh, these five, six verses right here are, is the Christ hymn. This is the crown jewel of Philippians. It is um, the Christ hymn that basically is um, poetically it shows Christ incarnation and ascension. So in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset, have the same attitude that Christ had. Verse six, what was his attitude? Well, who in being very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. So he's saying Jesus was in very nature God. Jesus was not created. Here's a little theology, 101. Sometimes people say God created Jesus. No, he did not. God did not create Jesus. Everybody say it with me. God did not create Jesus. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of ink has been spilt over this distinction. Jesus is not a created being. He has he was begotten, not made. He's of the same substance. He's God. Jesus is God. So 
verse 6 says, Jesus, who being in very nature God, he wasn't subservient to God. He wasn't a, a second class deity. He was God. He is God. So Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his advantage. So he, although he was equal with God, he did not, when he became a man, he he surrendered some of those rights um, that um, that were his by virtue of his divinity. He, he's, he willingly relinquished those. He didn't cling to those. For example, when Jesus was uh, a human, he um, he wasn't in all places at the same time. His omnipresence, he wasn't in all places at all times. He was he he relinquished that. That's one of the obvious rights as God that he relinquished when he took on flesh. He he took on the limitations of being a human. So he didn't use his uh, while he had all of those rights. He could have you know, press the uh, I'm God card. He didn't. Verse seven, rather, quite the contrary, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. I think sometimes, man, we forget what a downgrade that was for Jesus. <laughs> I mean, wow. To go from divinity to putting on flesh of humanity, uh, that alone was a huge uh act of servitude but that's not all right that's what that's the, the beauty of this christ him and the message of jesus is that he not only just put on flesh he, he went to the very lowest point right so verse eight and being a found and being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death even death on a cross if you if you imagine this christ him as a v uh, and on the on the left side, we're kind of going down, down, down to the to the bottom point of the V. The bottom point of the V is the cross. Even death on a cross and the cross is like the bottom of the V, the descent. You think of that V as representing the dissension and ascension of Jesus. The cross is right at the bottom, which is a beautiful, beautiful, poetic a uh, piece of work, death on a cross, right at the bottom. But now watch this. It's gonna start, he's gonna start climbing back out the other side of that V towards the ascension. Watch. And being a uh, verse nine, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. In heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is curious, Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Praise break. Sometimes you just got to take a praise break. Every knee should bow. Look, every knee is going to bow. Like, here's the thing you can either bow your knee to Jesus now, voluntarily. Or you will do you you will bow your knee to Jesus in the end. Mandatory. I don't know if mandatorily is a word, but <laughs> but one way <laughs> mandatorily. I don't know. It should be. That's a really cool sounding word. But um, yeah, you either bow your knee now voluntarily, or you do it later by mandate. Because every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of the glory of God the Father. And that little phraseology there in heaven and on earth and under the earth, it's just a way of saying everything, every, 
every conceivable created thing in heaven and on earth, everything that is not God, essentially, everything that is not God will bow its knee to Jesus. Wow. And the, the point that he makes in talking about this Christ him is Jesus had all of that, yet he came as a servant and he had this attitude of humility and have that kind of mind in you that was also in Christ. Therefore, verse uh, 12, there's a lot of therefores in this uh, little chapter two, isn't like this is a third one. Chapter, uh, chapter two, verse one, chapter two, verse uh, nine, chapter two, verse 12. Therefore, therefore, therefore. Now for the third, therefore, verse 12. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in, a, in order to fulfill his good purpose. Wow. Good morning, Carol. Good morning, Deborah. Bob, Linda, good morning. So he's saying, um, therefore, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Now, we've said many times on here, you know, you know this. We, we know this. We don't work for our salvation. But what he's saying here is you work out your salvation. So when you put on the mind of Christ in each situation, I'm, ask, I'm asking, how should I live uh, in a way that um, is consistent with my salvation that is consistent with what Jesus has done with for me. Um, so I work it out in each context. What does it mean to live as a follower of Jesus in this context? What does it mean to live as a follower of Jesus in this season of life, in this valley that I'm going through, in this mountaintop experience, in everything? I'm working out my salvation because what? I want to I want to live a life that is worthy of the gospel. So I'm going to work out my salvation with fear and trembling. I want to I want to bring honor to God, right? That's what that's our desire. So continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. You know, one thing that's hard for people to understand is like you can't do what God wants you to do until God, through the Holy Spirit, fills your life and changes your desires. In the flesh, we don't even desire the things of God. So we need God who will work in us to what? To will and to act in order to fulfill his purpose. The Holy Spirit comes in us and changes our wants. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> it's like, you think about, your, think about your own life. If you've lived as a follower of Jesus for any sort of time, your desires have changed. And if you've been walking with Jesus, your desires probably have changed more to wanting to please him more. I want I that be things that I didn't care about before. Now I care about because I, I care what it does to my witness. I care about what it does to my spiritual life. He changes our wants, our affections. That's how the, the ancient writers would talk about it. The affections. He changes your affections to things that you love. He changes them to the good things. In the flesh, we love things that aren't good for us. In the flesh, we love things that are not good for us. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, he changes what we love so that we love the things that are good for us and that bring glory to God. Yes. Yes. So it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. It's all God, man. God in you, through you. Verse 14. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation 
Now, some people say, is it grumbling and arguing about what you do with other believers? Or is it saying, or is it don't grumble towards God? Often in the Bible, gossip is about people, but grumbling is about God. <laughs> so I, it kind of kind of could be both, right? Um, but either way, don't do it. <laughs> then you will shy. I love this verse. I love verse 15, the latter half. If you do these things, if you have the mind of Christ and you and you don't argue and grumble and you 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 move more and more towards being blameless and and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Watch this. Then I love this. You will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. Mm. You're gonna stand out. You're gonna stand out. As you follow Jesus, you come more like him. Man, you can't help but stand out against the crooked and depraved generation. You can't help. You're going to shine like stars. One translation says, you're going to shine like stars in the universe. <laughs> Man, you will. And you are. You're shining like stars in the universe. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run this run or labor in vain. Verse 17. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service uh, coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Paul's like, I'm doing it, man. My, I'm, my life is being poured out like a drink offering. And that in, in pagan and in uh, Christian worship or in Jewish worship, uh, that was a very common thing to pour like on the sacrifice as it was burning. They would either pour wine or some kind of drink on the altar, on the on the sacrifice being consumed. Of course, it would steam and smoke and whatever. And that was it was an offering. It was an offering. And Paul's saying that I'm like I'm being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice. But I rejoice. Verse 19. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon. Timothy's a buddy. is a mentee. That I may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served me in the work of the gospel. How about a nice little verse there for uh, near around Father's Day, right? But you know that Timothy has proved himself because, because as a son with his father, he has served with me. Paul's like, Tim, Timothy's, Timothy's my boy. He's like, my, he's like a son to me. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things as, as soon as I see how things go with me. And I am confident in the, in the Lord that I myself will come soon. Remember, Paul's in prison, but he's saying, you know what? I'm going to send Timothy, and I'm confident that I will be able to come to see you soon as well. But I think it necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger. So it's believed that Epaphroditus is the one who came to meet Paul and came with a gift from the Philippians uh, to Paul in jail. And now Paul is sending Epaphroditus back to the Philippians with this letter. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. So apparently Epaphroditus got sick when he went to visit Paul somehow on the journey or while he was uh, with Paul, he, he came down ill. And so the Philippians were concerned. Verse 27, indeed, he was ill and almost died. COVID. <laughs> That's not funny. Why am I laughing? That's not funny. Shame on me. Verse 27. Indeed, he was ill and almost died, but God had mercy on him and not on him only, but also on me to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him 
so that when you see him again, you may be glad and I may have less anxiety. We all want less of that, right? So then welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor people like him because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give to me. So Paul's saying, you guys couldn't come yourself, and that's okay. But remember, Epaphroditus made this journey and did this uh, this act of kindness on your behalf. So uh, remember him. Remember him. All right, you guys, that's the end of chapter two. Awesome stuff. Love that chapter. So much good stuff in there. So, uh, so much to apply. You know what we do? We read. Now it's time to pray. Let's do it. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for... Um, just this beautiful Christ hymn of Philippians that reminds us of uh, the work and ministry and attitude of Jesus. And so, Lord, we uh, we pray that we would have this mind in us that was also in Christ, um, who would, in being very nature, God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. So, Lord, we put on this mind of humility, this mind of uh, selfless ambition. Lord, we empty ourselves of vain conceit today. And we pray that we might act in a way and in a manner that is true of our Lord, uh, true of you. Lord, help us to be humble. Help us to uh, be willing to be a servant and to walk humbly with you. Lord, help us today to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Lord, all of us will face different situations today, each of them unique situations that require different things of us. We pray that today we might use, um, we might uh, lean on the Holy Spirit uh, so that we would work out our salvation in each and every circumstance in a way that draws us closer to you, that honors you and draws others close to you, Lord. Help us today to shine like stars in the universe, um, Lord, that we uh, that our lives stand out in the midst of a crooked and depraved generation, uh, that people might see the, the holiness and the goodness and the grace of Jesus that lives within us through the Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you for my friends. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to pray together and to share together and learn and grow together. Yeah, whatever needs each has, I pray that you would move by the power of your spirit. Some, Lord, need physical touch today. They're, uh, they're sick in body and they need a physical healing. Lord, we, we intercede on their behalf and ask for you to touch them. Some, Lord, have decisions to, to make today. Some have meetings. Uh, some will be taking trips and uh, some are leading ministries and Bible schools and uh, student ministry camps. All these things going on, Lord. I pray for uh, fruitfulness. I pray for endurance and strength and encouragement. Lord, we pray for changed lives more than anything. Uh, and that may it all be done for your glory in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for praying today. Hope you guys have a great day today. Great Monday. Tomorrow, Philippians chapter three, as we continue this journey through the book of Philippians. Love this book. And I love that you guys are a part of it. Thank you for sharing this and um, participating so faithfully in this uh, learning community together. So we, uh, we read, we pray, go change the world. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up, subscribing, and sharing it with your friends. You can also find me, Pastor Terry, as well as Bayside Church in Safety Harbor, Florida, on all social media platforms. The church you will find at Bayside Church SH. Again, thank you for being with us today and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. 
everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.